Good evening. Today is the first day of December 2017, and we continue with our series, Explorations in Savitri, as always with our brother Balog. Namaste. As I was going through part of Mother's agenda and also Sri Aurobindo's answers to questions from his disciples, I came across this. We can begin with this tonight. In her book, Conversations, the mother says, We have all met in previous lives and have worked through ages for the victory of the divine. Is this true of all people who come and stay here? What about so many who came and went away? Sri Aurobindo, those who went away were also of these and still are of that circle. Temporary checks do not make any difference to the essential truth of the soul's seeking. Wow, this is so beautiful. So wonderful this is. That compassion. Yes. Divine compassion. Divine compassion, divine certitude. Divine love. Yeah. Love. Certitude of the final victory. Yes. Yes. So, uh, I had something in mind, but now that you have <laughs> picked up this one, I wish to read something else. We, of course, we are very fond of making all kinds of distinctions between, as we are reading today, something which we read today, those who went away, those who stayed on, those who didn't come, <laughs> and so on and so forth, because the mind by its nature likes to create divisions and compare and contrast. But in that consciousness, everything is part of that. So the divine cannot, uh, cannot by its own nature uh, have that state in which we are, state of div division and duality. That's why sometimes when we use the word non-dual consciousness, because it's an intellectual term, I often feel that we still create another division between a dual consciousness and a non-dual consciousness. Whereas by nature, consciousness is non-dual or uh, it's infinite, but it expresses itself in multiple layers in many ways. And it is the forms which embody a limited consciousness. A limited consciousness gets embodied there. And so the experience of the form is as if this is different, that is separate, and so on and so forth. But if we touch consciousness, then we see the complete integral whole. Yes. And unfortunately, the religions have made this division. Yes. yes. Religions have made even uh, spiritual seeking, spiritual paths have also made these divisions uh, by focusing on exclusivity, this or that, this path versus that path. Many cults have come out of that. 
but in essentially if we touch consciousness then we discover that this is one of those uh, illusions in which the form is trapped but consciousness is one and it is infinite there is no other reality about it so something which has just come out i'll read that and then page this is on page 656 no so much there okay yes and this is the consciousness which will this is the state which will be embodied by the new being because right now we we may have the best of intentions to harmonize to unite but we end up at best tolerating and forgiving which still reflects a state of myself and otherness but in a state of oneness these two just vanish because there is no other shobindo says in one of his aphorism that uh, god came and gave me a blow shall i say i forgive thee o tyrant <laughs> there is no other in that state because it's one so many times this happens even today somebody was talking about you know hostile forces adverse forces and mother repeatedly reminds us in the agenda that these things are okay from a certain practical standpoint but shurbindo always insisted on oneness that ultimately everything goes back to the one owes its origin to the one and leads us to the one through all the paradoxical things and anomalies and ups and downs of life of course uh, man makes his choices to swing this way or the, that way because that is man's so dharma but that's not the divine's dharma so and you know he, and then he always says that even though it may seem to be a straight line or dipping down yeah. it's always a spiral oh mother says something very interesting yes. about it that uh, the shortest path is not ne- not the straight line she says that in so many yes. words yes yes uh, one word may be missing but this is the essence the shortest path is not like from point 1 to point b right because then it's no no more an integral path and this why many times i feel that you know all our images like we have linearity of time singularity of consciousness they're all intellectual terms but the actual experience of time is circular the actually experience of growth is circular yes every part is touched by the shakti and i remember a small little story where someone a king asked that okay which direction is god facing and so there was a lady she asks for a flame she keeps the flame and she asks him king tell me which direction is the flame giving its light so he says everywhere all direction that's the way <laughs> the divine illumination happens so it touches the peaks shows us the peaks it also shows us the abysses it shows us what is around us it shows us what is behind us everything together in a single motion and that's the beauty of it and the yoga proceeds like that so when this question is asked often people oh they went away well that is part of the human journey and the human dharma but from the divine point of view it doesn't apply yes and several letters of mother and shobindo constantly speak of that refer about that you know the famous one about charudat 
<clears throat> so Charudat was with Sri Aurobindo just to give a small background before mm-hmm. we come to this now you know this box of stories is opening up <laughs> Charudat was with Sri Aurobindo in uh, the freedom movement yes. he was a very uh, you know what shall i say man degree holder and he was also a uh, that time ics officer but he supported the freedom movement and they used to call shurbindo chief so when shurbindo suddenly came away from the revolutionary movement uh, many persons got distraught they didn't understand that shurbindo has already finished the work and now to stay in that field is just to linger when there are other and greater fields calling him this work is done so they didn't understand so he was one of them so he got so angry that he burnt away shurbindo's letters many of them which he had written to him so and then he went through a lot of pain agony you know whatever was happening and his wife would often tell him you write to uh, aurobindo babu he will give you peace of mind and he was no i'm not going to write to him so dilip kumar roy knew him and he wrote a letter to shurbindo that do you know this charu who says that you know they used to call you chief and shubindo says oh charu yes of course i recognize in him something to that effect but mark the tone and the sense drift i recognize in him one of those with whom i have fought battle of the ages those friends with whom he has fought battle of the ages in this life i could not call him my own preoccupations i suppose and also because the work that had to be done in this life was of a different kind beautiful now dilip kumar roy sent this letter to charu and charu the moment he came to know about this he was touched and his wife again scolded him and look you know see indian household is very strange outwardly if you see many people they believe that woman is you know uh, she is subordinate and she is subservient but i'll tell you she is the ruler and the king <laughs> only she has the soft power she knows how to get the things done so she told him look you know you are, i have been telling you you write to him you didn't write so he wrote to shurbindo he said okay i'll come but but you know shurbindo asked him but you know i believe you you have your hookah he used to smoke uh-huh. so charu chand writes back well yes i do smoke but i am not its slave i am its master so shubhendra says okay come and the hookal fell off his mind and vital the moment he got into the train he just didn't feel like smoking again and his other problem was how do i do pranam to a foreign lady so <laughs> shubhendra asked him have you gone to the mother so he said you know i have back problem or something i can't bend down so he said what is the problem mother will stand a little high and then you can while standing do the pranam so now he has no choice he has called him chief <laughs> so he goes there and does pranam he came very late to the ashram and he didn't live very long but when during darshan days when he is here he was the first person who was asked to come and have darshan of shirbin in the line there used to be numbering earlier uh-huh. he was the first person and once somebody else they promoted and shirbindo sent word to stop he had not seen who is coming <clears throat> and then he asked who is coming so and so why charu has to come he used to call shubhendra chief now you see what do we understand our landscape our uh, you know we are so limited people and shubhendra write that however much x may falter 
we still have to carry him how much he may how much ever he may turn away because from the divine point of view if you may use the word point of view we are all is he everything is nothing else but himself so he can't say oh you are not mine and you know you are sent away so what that consciousness is look at it uh, we get a glimpse and in this very first line page 656 when savitri is uh, revealing a great truth to death and in the process is transforming death that is of course mm. through this dialogue <clears throat> o death thou toward god and yet not he it is one of the most subtle and profound truths yes. the gita speaks of it yes. <laughs> that i am in all beings but the being is not me that yes thou toward god this is a truth yes. of one plane but you are not that you the limited being the limited personality there is a poem of shirobindo rakshasa where ravana's you know <clears throat> beings go to krishna the sages and say this fellow is creating havoc why don't you intervene he says because he knows a subtle truth what is the subtle truth he says he says that i am brahman he is right so here he is allowed a great term mm. and then later on after a big dialogue and interchange little bit then he says yes you have to go because yes it is true that all is brahman and yet what how you understand it in a very limited way and you have to also see all things in brahman you know this part that you are brahman but you don't know that everything is brahman and everything is in brahman you you are using only one part and therefore you will also have a term and then you have to vanish so in the new consciousness this experience will be implicit so there will be no more tolerance forgiveness and you know all these terms will become redundant because yes. when there is no other there is no quarrel there is no hate there is no jealousy there is no possessiveness there is no there is only love there is no hankering there is no grief because there is no otherness so look at this line o death thou toward god and yet not he but only his own black shadow on his path <laughs> he has he has created this black shadow for for this purpose as leaving the night he takes the upward way and drags with him its clinging inconscient force this mother explains she says very beautifully that what is evil evil is something which is not in its place it had its place so when god advances in creation through creation otherwise there is nothing like advancing so that which he had brought out that drags and it had its validity at one point of time now it becomes it drags so you know you have one form of the mother called chinmasta and nalinda speaks about ah, yes, it yes. with reference to the ashram he says all that we see in the ashram in india and the world where many things are breaking down are the mother taking the chinmasta form she is breaking her own body which she had built so if you cling to the form you don't survive if you cling to the spirit that it will take up new form and this tussle i see everywhere 
all institutions, religious, spiritual, otherwise, it includes the ashram also, that sometimes people cling to the form. Oh, this is how it used to happen and this is how it must be always. Mother never clung to the form. You see, a time was there when all the women will wear uh, sadis as was the way in India Mm -hmm. in the beginning. Then later on, they graduate on, on to salwar and kurta. Till then it was okay. Then they graduated on to shorts. That was blasphemy. <laughs> but Divine Mother. so She ordered it. <laughs> so it's very interesting that when one of them came, she was feeling very shy and Mother says, your legs are so pretty. Now this is unimaginable. <laughs> what do you say to that? <laughs> so she took away because this is see this is story of Krishna and gopis they take away all your bondages no yes. we have so many bondages and we feel we are very it's very sacred pious holiness yes. so she takes away his holiness <laughs> and leaves only holy or him that's it you don't need his holiness you just need him <laughs> so please look at these lines so the divine moves forward and this also answers some people say everything is mother so she, this was asked to Shirobindo. Shirobindo says, yes, everything is mother. But you are to identify with the mother in the higher nature and not the lower nature. So we can't get away with that idea. Everything is mother, yes. Mother is there even in the ant. But man, it doesn't behove a man to behave like an ant and bite at the slightest stepping on his toes. Because that's the mother in the lower nature. Same mother. For that nature it is appropriate. So look at this and drags him. Of God unconscious, thou art the dark head. Of his ignorance, thou art the impertinent sign. Look at it. God unconscious. Impenitent. His ignorance. Yeah. Impenitent. Impenitent sign. Of its vast tenebrous womb, the natural child. On his immortality, this sinister bar. And now comes these lines. All contraries are aspects of God's face. I think if this simple truth we all could understand, there would be many problems would be solved. All the time the ego wants to convert everybody else to one's own way of thinking. And we judge according to that. We have certain yardstick standards measures in our mind. And they, they may be perfectly fine for that person, you know. It's perfectly fine. Each one has his own ritual. Let's say to go to the samadhi and bow down in this way is perfectly fine. I, I do it. I love to do it. But for somebody else, it may not be fine. Because there is another way, mm. another approach. Mm. So what is good for me need not be good for another. What is good for me at one stage need not be good at another stage of evolution. And most importantly, what seems even opposite is another aspect of the divine. And if we look at everything from that standpoint, it's so beautiful. Today's play, Eric, Eric. you know, in in that play, the main uh, protagonist, of course, is Eric, the Norwegian leader, um, king. And uh, his enemy is Sven, one of the local leaders who refuses to yield. At the end, toward the end, he yields finally. He has to surrender. There is a long background to it. And then he says, okay, you may do with me whatever you want to do. So Eric says, okay, I'll, I'll do what I want to know, do with you. He expects that he will kill me. 
So he says, no, killing you and uh, your death, this is not uh, good enough. So what will you do with me? He says, somebody who could stand up with his sword against me, uh, defying death, he deserves to be my main senapati. My, you know, what, what would you say? My main lieutenant. General. 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 He says, will you agree to do that? Fight with me against my foemen? He is flabbergasted. He can't imagine. And it's a beautiful play, mind you. You know, very subtleties. Where this man is looking, he says, I have strength, I have wisdom. But there is something is missing. I don't have something, some power, which is greater than all this. And that power is love. Till he falls in love with, you know, yes. sister of this king, Swain. And, you know, this whole story, we'll leave it here. But essentially that power which unites all things. So look at, you know, this is one aspect of that power that it looks at all things as aspects of God's face. The many are the innumerable one. The one carries the multitude in his breast. He is the impersonal, inscrutable soul. He is the one infinite person seeing his world. The silence bears the eternal's great dumb seal. His light inspires the eternal word. He is the silence and he is the word, the speech. Yeah. This also I see here sometimes in the beginning. I mean, people didn't know. Yes, of course, people can speak foolishly out of ego. People can remain silent foolishly and it can also build up a great ego that, look, you know, I don't speak. Well, this is possible. <laughs> so, uh, someone once remarked that, you know, Mother's yoga is all done silently. No talking about it. I had my background when I started all this. Very clear sanction from mother. But that I will not get into. But then I asked him. I said, oh, so you mean God is only in silence, not in speech? He is no more in creation? Now this was to just reflect back. They don't cut him from anything. He is in everything. In silence he is there, in speech he is there. In wisdom he is there, in ignorance he is there. Look at the marvel, his ignorance. He has created for his purpose. I mean, it's, it's so ennobling and makes us so vast. The silence bears the eternal's great dumb seal. His light inspires the eternal word. He is the immobile's deep and deathless hush. It's white and signless blank. Negating calm, yet stands the Creator's self, the Almighty Lord. So whole creation is He, and watches His will done by the forms of gods, and the desire that goads the half-conscious, and the desire that goads half-conscious man, and the reluctant and unseeing night. And now comes this part: these wide divine extremes. These inverse powers are the right and left side of the body of God. Yeah. Other day I was, sometimes you get these discussions, you know, groups, forums, and people were discussing about the right brain and the left brain. Unfortunately, we reduce it to that, that one is analytical, the other is holistic. It's not about analysis and holistic that should be speaking of the right hand and the left hand. In his early thoughts on education, 
it's essentially about the right hand is about knowledge and the left hand is about power and they are interestingly united in the heart where there is love and delight alone knowledge without the other misses power without knowledge also misses they must come together and the power that can bring them together is love and i see that here that you know how the divine mother people who are so contrary so different they fight they have even fought with each other there have been instances they won't see eye to eye with each other i am sure you know many of you know these stories but in the divine mother they are all united yes so often i tell people when you know they meet someone and they say oh this person so sometimes i say talk about mother you will see the difference hmm you the moment you speak about mother there'll be a glint in the eye something else will come out it's very it's amazing and shobindo says the inner being of most of the sadhaks here you know since we are talking about yeah. the context is very different from the inner being of people outside the difficulty is mainly in the outer being because it resists to change just bring that subject and you see how they will change as if transformed because the inner being is already changed and yet even where i live in the us if i'm concentrating on the mother you'll see a smile from this one and that yes. one and another one so beautiful it's just yes incredible. so beautiful they may be the most hardcore religious doesn't, people doesn't doesn't matter, doesn't matter yes. at all you try this yes, you will see I, it will happen very very often you just yeah. concentrate on her as you're walking it makes you smile too yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> true and she will touch someone yes so beautiful it is yeah so these white divine extremes these inverse powers of course in india you call them devas and asuras are the right and left side of the body of god incidentally in the original vedic sense asuras were not uh, bad guys they represented these two two sides the devas represented knowledge and the asuras represented force but is later on we see in the puranas they became opponents of each other because puranas are written at a much lower level and existence balanced twixt two mighty arms confronts the mind with unsolved abysms of thought darkness below a fathomless light above in light are joined but sundered by severing mind in our consciousness yeah. that the division exists yes. stand face to face opposite inseparable two contraries needed for his great world task this too is very interesting you know in the vedas to light up the inner fire the process is that you take two wood this is wood called arani and it's described very figuratively you put one below in the hand put take other above and you apply friction so you wonder why why is the vedic rishi you know talking of in such detail about the technique of how to apply friction does it matter you can apply this way that way why should you put one below and the other above actually the vedic rishi is describing simultaneously an occult process the lower nature coming in contact with the higher nature yes then there is the friction and the igniting of the flame something in the lower nature that's why people who resist or some no i don't they are actually more ready than somebody who is totally indifferent 
because there is no friction, there is no, nothing has been received. So there is no friction. But the moment the lower nature comes in contact with the higher nature, the flame is lit. Once the flame is lit, it is bound to complete its work. Two poles whose currents wake the immense world force. Again we have this in uh, story of uh, churning of the ocean where the Asuras and the Devas come together and churn for the nectar of immortality. In this stupendous secrecy of his self above the world brooding with equal wings he is both in one beginningless without end transcending both he enters the absolute his being is a mystery beyond mind his ways bewilder mortal ignorance the finite in its little sections parked look at it amazed credits not god's audacity who dares to be the unimagined all what a touch of humor yes god's yes. audacity he who dares dares <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't stop there it goes further no. and yes. see and act as might one infinite yes. why should he act like us think like us feel like us punish like us forgive like us these terms don't apply to the infinite consciousness where all is oneself they apply to the finite consciousness to the limited consciousness and sometimes the divine may stoop down and give an answer to our reckoning because we can't understand the infinity. We will get bewildered and puzzled. So sometimes he may say like this. But basically in that consciousness the difference is not there. And look at now this touch of humor. Against human reason this is his offense. God has... Human reason says <laughs> God has committed an offense. What is the offense? Against human reason, this is his offense being known to be forever unknowable. Being known, already he is known. Deep within us, the soul always knows the divine. That's why sometimes the whole idea, I am doing yoga, I am doing sadhana. When you touch the core of truth, it vanishes because only divine is doing sadhana, if you want to put it. So being known to remain forever unknowable. That's why Shobinda says that it is unknowable to the mind, but not unknowable to the identity of the soul. To be all and yet transcend the mystic whole, absolute, to lodge in a relative world of time, eternal and all-knowing. To suffer birth, omnipotent, to sport with chance and fate, spirit, yet to be matter and the void, illimitable, beyond form or name, to dwell within a body, one and supreme, to be animal and human and divine. A still deep sea, he laughs in rolling waves. Look at this, simultaneously. Still deep sea is he. The laughter of rolling waves is he. The tornado and the storm is he. The calm clear sky and its light is he. 
यूनिवर्सल ही इज ऑल ट्रांसजेंडेंट नन नाउ शिविंदो डजेंट स्टॉप एट दिस जेंटल डिवाइन आयरनी यू नो दिस अ परफेक्ट एग्जाम्पल ऑफ नॉट जस्ट डिवाइन ह्यूमर देर इज अ टच ऑफ बोथ विट एंड आयरनी ऑफ द डिवाइन इन इट लुक इट टू मैंस राइटियसनेस दिस इज हिज कॉस्मिक क्राइम अगेन ही कम्स टू दैट टू मैंस राइटियसनेस दिस इज हिज कॉस्मिक क्राइम ऑल माइटी बियॉन्ड गुड एंड ईविल टू डेल leaving the good to their fate in a wicked world and evil to reign in this enormous scene so it seems to us he said this is a crime because man looks at the world with righteousness he doesn't look at this world as a progressive march of the divine to the divine in different forms he doesn't because we don't have that vision we look at it god is good so good must be the ruler it very soon gets uh, unfortunately very badly translated you know this idea can be so thoroughly this idea itself can bring evil so we start with this idea that god is good so he will make the good rule and the wicked to be punished so the next step is those who rule are necessarily good and favorites of god you know this and that's how you see everywhere in this world at one point of time kings were regarded as gods messengers you know it was regarded in india they were regarded as vishnu's uh, anshas in in egypt they were regarded the pharaohs as uh, you know the ra's um, uh, uh, you know expressions in, in rome in everywhere this was you know before these things came up in greece uh, but subsequently uh, people mistranslated it because one is king therefore necessarily he is divine this is not true look at the subtle the uh, subtle difference and evil to reign in this enormous scene all opposition seems and strife and chance an aimless labor with but scanty sense to eyes that see a part and miss the whole the surface men scan the depths refuse their search a hybrid mystery challenges the view or a discouraging sordid miracle so this is the part i wanted to read or rather i just felt just not to read so anything else shall we there is one more small little yeah since we are reading this passage can just read end with his beautiful lines actually incidentally this is the uh, last bit before death is completely seized by e- the light eaten by light eaten by light and now we go on to page 661 yes oh and that's why you know since you had mentioned about 5th december and shurbindos uh, i have no word passing withdrawal actually in a certain consciousness uh, there is no meaning 
when mother was asked what should we how should we spend the time between december 5th to 9th she said by contemplating on the mystery of death so what do you discover when you contemplate on the mystery of death you discover there is no death there is only immortality this is the real, i mean when you contemplate you discover you know once mother had she used to give one subject rather kishore gandhi's project the new age association and the senior students will all write something on that so once the subject was what is death so everybody wrote somebody wrote decentralization of the will then de- de- disintegration of the body etc etc so at the end mother had to put her remarks final remarks so mother puts her remarks everywhere and at the end she writes in fact there is no death this it's it's one of those greatest uh, illusions that we suffer from because of the ignorance so i have actually put together two pages of sri arbindo on death itself right and uh, there's a a work by a biologist lyle watson yes i know you know that yes. one the romeo era uh, in no, which the, in which he proves there is no death from a biological standpoint yes. Yes, there so, is no death. So we'll read this and then we will. Where do you want to begin? So, I want to read this line on page 660. It's a wonderful line. Last three lines. Okay. All time is one body, space, a single look. How you know? The experiences. There is the Godhead's universal gaze. and there the boundaries of immortal mind the line that parts and joins the hemispheres closes in on the labor of the gods fencing eternity from the toil of time and then we just go few lines below where we have the divine mother above the stretch and blaze of cosmic sight above the silence of the wordless thought formless creator of immortal forms nameless investitured with the name divine transcending times ours transcending timelessness the mighty mother sits in lucent calm and holds the eternal child upon her knees attending the day when he shall speak to fate so always the jeevatma is always there on the mother's lap yes and waiting when this fellow the psychic being that portion of the jeevatma which has entered will one day through all the cycle reach that point and discover oh that is me that is the experience and it's a beautiful experience you know like you wandered far from home you have these stories of orphans who eventually you know came back and discovered that they were prince in exile attending the day when he shall speak to fate there is the image of our future's hope there is the sun for which all darkness waits there is the imperishable harmony 
the world's contradictions climb to her and are one they are transfigured in her not the way we experience them there is the truth of which the world's truths are shreds the light of which the world's ignorance is the shade till truth draws back the shade that it has cast look at this truth has cast the shade why because otherwise the seed will burn away the psychic won't develop it will just burn away with that intensity of light so it is put under a hard covering of ignorance and ego slowly slowly it is getting ready so that it's rooted and implanted in earth draws from the earthly soil accepts it makes it its own draws in all the nature forces from universal nature accepts it makes it its own that's how the psyche being develops and then a time comes when with all this material it goes back to the divine mother and says here i am how beautiful this is the love our hearts call down to heal all strife the bliss for which the world's derelict sorrows yearn thence comes the glory sometimes seen on earth the visits of godhead to the human soul the beauty and the dream on nature's face there the perfection born from eternity calls to it the perfection born in time yes so there is already the script is written but this is the unfolding the truth of god surprising human life the image of god overtaking finite shapes